This episode is brought to you by Wellforce, offering business consulting and IT solutions for the hybrid workforce. Online at wellforce.ai. Thank you for listening to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit girlswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. Welcome to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And this is a show where you come as you are with the courage to speak up and tell a better story. And welcome back. By this point, there's this is now like episode four after our break. So Is it really? Yeah. Joe can edit that out. No, Joe's going to keep it mistake. in. <laughs> Joe's gonna. I, we hope you have enjoyed our new content that we have brought you every week since our break. Correct. There it is. Love it. Love it. <laughs> uh, why don't you introduce today's guest? Kimberly and I met through a coaching group that we are both a part of, and we were on a call, and she was sharing her story, and I was like, yep, we need to have you on the show. Kimberly, please share with our audience a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much. I think what resonated most with you was really about my story was really the way that I came into the health industry was through illness. I was diagnosed with an autoimmune and through that from a former award-winning fashion designer, I became a rejuvenation expert and now I work in wellness to help other people to never be in the position I was in. And along that journey, I discovered many ways to heal my body. So now I am the CEO of my own company called Legacy Holistic Health, and I help women who are overworked and let's, let's say overwhelmed that don't put health as a priority in their life to really focus on the most important thing and the most important wealth is our health. So what I do is help women to not only feel and look at least 10 years younger, but also to be able to integrate that in their life so that they have that for the rest of their life and have as much energy and as much vitality and vigor. So, so that's what I do. Share of what have you gone through to get there? My journey was through an autoimmune illness. And when I was a designer, I was, if you don't know anything about designing, it's 24 seven, you sometimes don't even sleep for three days. It's pretty nuts after you do all the fashion school and all of that. So I, I had this accumulated toxicity I felt in my body, but they called it autoimmune disorder and they call it disease at the time. But basically it's just an uh, illness of the body and it just accumulates these toxins. And then you have to figure out how to get it out of there not with drugs and not with what they usually tell you. So I told them to keep it all and I would find the way. Along that way, which was seven years to my journey of completely being pain-free, I discovered the last thing, which was food. So plant-based food was my solution. I became a living food vegan chef to really eradicate the illness in my body and pain. And then uh, years later, being a rejuvenation expert and now wellness whole, wellness strategist, I give people what they need to reach any goal they want. My personal goal was to have a baby. And because of all the toxicity in my body and many things that I had to work through, I actually wasn't even able to have a baby because I never got pregnant. But then when my husband and I got married, uh, I was 45 and I was able to get pregnant at the age of 50. I am 56 now and I have a five-year-old daughter. So that's pretty much my story on how to heal yourself and then rejuvenate to the point that you're at least 15 years younger than your chronological age. 
So you said that the food was the last thing you discovered. What were the other things that you're talking well, about? Well, I wish I would have found the food first because it really would have eradicated so much more quicker. That is the fastest path to healing, I truly believe. But the first path that I took was what I knew, and that's what most people should start with because it gets them at least into momentum. And mine was, I was an athlete. I'd always worked out my whole life. I had been a runner. So I didn't know how to actually eradicate the pain. So the first thing that I did was I had a Stairmaster in my house and I just asked my first husband to take me up, put me on the Stairmaster. It was even painful to be lifted. I couldn't actually even walk. I was completely debilitated. I couldn't even lift my hand to feed myself. So I was completely helpless and I needed help. So he took me up and I had this idea if I could stimulate my adrenals and my endorphins to work, begin working well for me, I could eradicate the pain. And it did work, but it, my first time on there, literally, I didn't, you couldn't even actually see I moved, but it felt like I moved. So that gave me enough stimulus in my brain as with mindset yep. to believe I could do this. And my thoughts were guiding me then. And so from that point, I let my brain take over and really lead me into the healing and know that it was possible. And so sometimes I would stay on there for four hours and not even move a half an inch. Mm -hmm. um, but I used the bone between my elbow and my shoulder to just rest on because the rest of me couldn't hold up. I couldn't hold anything. So I would just lean on those bones and then just do my best to move. That started the whole journey was really movement. And I think that most people, especially in this age over the last two years, we've been pent up. People have lost that sense of movement and their body is really falling apart. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating to me because essentially you were on the machine to be in that environment and to get your brain thinking this is what it is that I'm doing. And then you were visualizing and imagining yourself doing the movements. And so even if in reality, your foot wasn't moving or things like that, you were training your brain to imagine that it was because the brain doesn't decipher between real and imaginary. And so you visualized yourself doing it, we're in that environment. So you got those chemical dumps in your brain anyways. Not to be correct. Exactly. That's amazing. And what a tangible, because we, my God, I can say that a million times, but that is such a tangible example of that, of no, I just had him rather than laying in bed, visualizing yourself on a Stairmaster, you were like, no, put me on it, prop me up on it so that I'm designing that environment. That's, you're creating muscle memory. Right. And you literally were like actively creating muscle memory, even if it was an imagined state of action. But going and putting, you're instilling the habit of I'm going to go here and then that's what's going to happen when I go on here. And that's, right. Yep. Yep. It starts with a little, you know. Love it. Yeah. And then you could be humorous about it. That's the bone. I love silly humor. That's excellent. I also would do something really amazing where I just trained myself so when I was finally able to do some things, driving was very difficult. So I avoided any anything that causes stress in the body because an autoimmune, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, basically it's any bit of stress causes immense pain, excruciating pain. And it could be just seeing some something on the TV that was stressful to the brain. So I would avoid, I didn't watch and I don't watch um, horror movies. I don't watch anything that could cause just undue stress. So you watch but Hallmark driving, Channel is basically what you're saying. 
Yeah, I don't watch TV. Basically, I got rid of the TV. <laughs> <laughs> so I would drive and that was a stressful thing. I would have to, if I, when I got well enough to drive, I, in the middle, I would actually have to pull over and I would visualize. And I just created this, this strategy for myself, for anybody suffering with pain. It could be pain of grief. It could be pain, physical pain too. So any kind of pain, you just visualize white healing light coming through the crown of your head and it floods through every part of your body, go exactly to the part that has the pain, whatever that is, if it's your heart, if it's aching, if it's a relationship broken up, go to that stressful part. And mine was a particular area that was causing horrible pain for me. And I would just visualize that with flooded with this healing light and just completely flooding with just white light. And it would just dissolve the pain in moments. And I would be able to get back on the drive and, and continue. It's a great tool to use. It works every time, uh, 100%. But you have to believe. If you don't believe it, this is hocus pocus. It's not hocus pocus. It's your brain directing the healing power mm -hmm. that you know is what I believe is God, and and that directs the power to us. We are the conductors. We just need to conduct the electricity in the right direction. I read an article recently that people who are allergic to poison ivy, they did a study where they told people that they weren't being exposed to poison. And even when they had the skin reaction to it, they didn't experience like the itching mm -hmm. or the pain. And some people didn't even have the skin reactions because they were being told they were not being touched with poison ivy. So like literally mind over matter that like, and then people who were told that it was poison ivy and it wasn't would be exposed and they would um, manifest, they like, would manifest yeah. like poison ivy symptoms and not having been exposed to the actual poison ivy. So there's really a mind over matter component that we can tap into, but it really takes a lot of work to get there. Like well, it's not one it day does. I'm going to be like, I'm going to experience white light flowing through my body and it's going to make things go away. There's so what, how long was this journey for you? It was a seven year journey along all of the research and investigation and personal development and everything. I began my personal development journey as a result of the illness. I worked with Tony Robbins for seven years, was on the team there as a leader and everything as well after because I wanted to immerse myself in the environment of health and healing and great quality people doing exactly what I wanted to be doing as well. So I began and I found his tapes and that's how it started. So really we begin with our mind that we begin with the mind as the key to whatever we want. And that's what I did. I started there and then developed and developed. And then along the way, because the mind is now in a more strengthened position, it can now open the doors to things like I did. Then I found uh, detox and cleansing. And then I found the living foods. And then I was like, immerse myself in that environment. And each step healed me to a whole nother level. And then it also brought the education, the awareness and the ability to now convey that to other people of what they can do in any situation to heal themselves. And for me to be able to, let's just say, manifest the will of God into a physical form of a child at the age of 50 is pretty proof of it. There's, you yeah. can't really say, oh, do you, do you have this works? Yeah, I have multiple examples, but that is the best example besides completely healing my body. So when you said, oh, what was the food that you said? Oh, crap. Living foods. Living foods. Meaning okay. living foods are life-giving foods and they are alive. Like you go out and you have a plant in your yard right now and you pick the fruit off of it or you pick the plant and you eat it. So 
basically you're going to either garden your own fruits and vegetables or you pick them at the farm market, which are only picked either that day or very close to that day. You want to have as close to live foods as possible. And water content foods are living foods. Now they are decaying. They're all living, even if they're picked off the tree. So they're still live and decaying as they have been picked. So you want to pick them as close or eat them as close to the point of harvesting. So then if you, and I'm just thinking logistically now, my brain is going logistics. So if you don't have a garden in your backyard, does that mean you're going to the farmer's market like every other day? You could, or you could have other things like I work uh, with people with towers and you can put that in three feet. So you don't have to have a dirt at all. You don't need dirt. So you could do that, or you could have people deliver it. They have deliveries of fresh picked harvested food. So there's great ways. If you want to be really healthy, there's great ways that you can do it. And it is not so expensive. Once you start eliminating all the toxic things that are contributing to the inflammation, the the weight gain, let's say, because that's from inflammation in the, in the body, not knowing what to do with the sugar and the carbs and things. It, it just stores it as fat to protect yourself, to protect your organs. So once you start getting rid of the things that actually are not serving you anymore, you'll actually find out that you're saving a lot more money and you have more money to spend on things that are bringing your body life and energy. We do miss, and that has saved us. We And it's a creative shot. We... My husband does all the shopping. I don't do anything like that. The other yesterday, he asked me to stop at the store and pick something up on my way home, and I was like, "Do you go to the grocery store?" <laughs> like, terrible. I'm not a. I'm not allowed to go because I end up spending too much money, and b. It's just not enjoyable. But we use we do Misfits Market, and so for those who aren't familiar with Misfits Market, basically the like because of things that happened in the 40s and 50s, the grocery stores that you see today mm-hmm. are the reason that every piece of your program to believe. That you can't eat ugly, that every, like, apples are supposed to look a certain way, vegetables are supposed to look a certain way because of unfettered capitalism. They Even they, about our food, not just did. our bodies, but our food. Yeah, and then, like, we can get into a whole thing about, like, the food pyramid and all that crap, but, and, like, kids and lunches and things like that. But the Misfits Market is, like, all the ugly foods that, like, wouldn't be put out in the produce counter because... They are like misshapen or their butts too dented, big. right? Whatever. And then there's also another. There's a brand of potato chips called Ugly Chips that takes all the ugly potatoes. And they found a niche, right? Like they they were like, hey, why don't we just use all the potatoes they would otherwise throw away and created a brand on nice. potato chips, and they're delicious. I have some in my office if you'd like. Nice. nice. <laughs> but but the point of it being right, like. There are ways that you can incorporate organic and organic. There's, uh, I'm not even go down that route hole. The fresher foods, like the fresh and fresh frozen is also another great way to get some of that. Yeah, you don't, you don't have to always have fresh. Living foods are, are going to be the fresh foods, really. And it's the idea is water content foods. So if you have to freeze them, they're not going to have the, they're not going to yield the energy of the fresh food. And that's what provides us the energy is the chlorophyll in the plant gives us our lifeblood, basically, really. And so we want to include, ideally, 75% of what we consume in a day would be live foods for the level of energy that a peak performer wants to have. You really want to have peak performance. You need to have 75% of the intake of foods being water content, live and life-giving foods. 
So, and so you said plant-based, so are you vegan? Are yeah, you, is it? Teach about including plant-based as your number one mm-hmm. life-giving resource for energy. And that doesn't mean it's all or nothing for people. It was my choice because of eliminating toxicity. Once I found out about how they produce meat, basically yeah. mm-hmm. how they do it. And so I was like, I just, I could not afford to have any toxicity in my body, including the energy. Like I said, if you're in an energy where you have stress, when I would think about ingesting the animals, I would ingest the stress of the, you know, of the kill. So for me, there was no way I could put more stress into my body in any way. So that was an absolute no-no. So that was in 1997 and uh, that has stayed the case for me, but that's not the case for everybody or they might want to go that way, but including more plants in as much as you possibly can is the way. And everybody can do that. It doesn't matter if you're consuming meat or, but you just have to do it in a conscious, intentional fashion. That's what the message really is. Direct your mind to how you want to live and then plan accordingly. So I hear, again, this is all new, so I'm going to sound so ignorant, but it's okay. Maybe there's people listening that We'll just be judging you from over here. Nobody cares, Sarah. Nobody cares. Because people are- Just talk. I'm seeing it on Facebook, a friend of mine. She's, yeah, I'm doing plant-based, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, and she was like, uh, plant medicines. And I'm like, I'm confused. Well, food are you is like medicine. Taking, are, but I was like, I don't understand what you mean. Are you like taking a pill that has it in it and that you're doing plant-based medicine? I don't understand. The, it's the, <laughs> well, look, so it's, I'm going to just jump in for a second. So it's the like, theory the behind, right I know there. she's right there, but I'm going to, I'm going to make this really simple for you, right? Food is medicine, right? If we go back to the earth provides a, a, a counter to any ailment yes, that you would, agreed. right? Like, yes. so there is a plant, there is a something growing that will help you with whatever. Yeah. So under using that theory that you can eat certain foods to that can cause anxiety or that can lessen anxiety. There are certain foods that you can eat that will help you focus or there are certain foods that will give you brain fog. Yeah, there's so many foods that cause inflammation. Because your gut brain health connection. Yeah, there's a gut and brain connection. When you're eating things that cause your gut disturbance, it causes your brain to be in fog. Mm -hmm. So I went through an an incident where we actually had mold in our house and we couldn't even focus. I actually was losing my eyesight as a matter of fact. So it was very blurry. So what I wanted to do was figure out how do I get rid of this? And really it's, again, it's about getting rid of the toxins in the body. So you have to address the foundation and getting rid of things first is the most important thing. And then adding the things in that are going to give what you want. So if you want more focus, you want more life, you want more movement. Let's say you have achy joints, things like that. So that's caused from inflammation. So we want to stop what's causing the inflammation and put in what's what's going to help inflammation. Wonderful having fresh pineapple is great for inflammation. Anybody that has plastic surgery or has any kind of surgery, any type of thing like that, to in, ingest pineapple right during that time frame, preparing yourself for that surgery and post-surgery. Pineapple is right, great. It has bromelain in it and that helps with inflammation. Uh, turmeric is another one. You can mm-hmm. juice the, the fresh turmeric and you have a, an anti-inflammation remedy right there. So to have that every single day, if you have inflammation in your body or in your bones or any area around your bones for your tissues, you want to have things like that, that can bring the the, um, inflammation down. Also, you have to have a practice, not just the food, but you have to have a practice of visualizing these things working exponentially. 
Do they work? Yes. Do they work a lot? They can work better if you have the intention of visualizing them working to the specific area, like I said before. So each one of these tools is a tool, but each individual has the ability to accelerate that uh, result by how they think about it. Do they believe it works or not? Is there test to know what level of toxicity your body is at or what the toxins Mm. are in your body what is the like i would love i'm very much okay you have to have the assessment like an allergy test where it's these are the things you're allergic to is it like these are the things that are toxic and you're at a level eight of toxicity like what are assessments yes there's a, a whole panel of tests that you can do so I would recommend for people, depending on their symptoms, different tests that they can go do. A great panel to do would be the mycotoxin tests. And you can go get these tests through Great Plains. You can Google them and find them. They have a lot of wonderful panels that you can order. And that's how I would begin. If Specifically, if you have any kind of brain fog or eyesight issues, those are key indicators that the toxicity level in your body is over the level. And I would definitely go get some tests and obviously consult. Anybody can come consult me to discover what might be the best avenue for them to go and then begin this journey. And we can start that way. Or from my 25 years of experience in this, I can pretty much pinpoint certain symptoms and know which things are causing that foundational interruption and disease or disorder. So if I want more vitality, what foods are bringing on more vitality? How do you define vitality? Yes. That means energy or does that mean youthfulness or does that mean glow? What is vitality to you? Like gusto, so like energy, the the joie de vivre is what best uh, tools for in two, terms of foods yeah. for energy and that just zest for life. You want to jump out of bed. So focus on again those high water content foods, and you want to stick with things that are going to bring you into alkalinity. So getting your greens in every day, and then a little bit of fruit. Okay, you do need the fruit in there almost. The major food in the world, if you didn't know, is fruit. It's the most populated food in the world. So fruit is integral to our life. But the right kinds of fruit so that it's not too much sugar, it's not going to overload you, and then combine those with greens. That's going to be what's going to give you the energy and also stop cravings for things that don't support that energy because you need to stop the craving so you're not going to grab things like the coffee or the sugar or the soda or things like that. And then when you ever, ever give up my coffee ever, Yeah, (laughs) I'm not saying give it up. What I'm saying is you will have less craving for it. And so maybe you'll have less of it and then your energy life force will increase. And then what happens is then you recalibrate and now your body's going, you know what? I don't even want that when I wanted it at noon or two or whatever. Your body recalibrates. Kale is absolutely a high level energy vibration. What the energy vibration of the food you put in. Berries is good. Apple is great when you you eat it whole. So if you blend the whole apple and you blend the seeds and all, 
if you have a really high powered juicer or, or blender. But when you extrapolate out everything and you're just doing the apple juice, that's too high sugar for you. So if you're going to do a juice cleanse, for instance, which is one of the protocols in my program, you'll do like a quarter of an apple just to get the flavor as an initial starter of juicing. For instance, you're not going to be going, oh, I'm all over those green juices with no sweet in it. Your body's going to go, no, thank you. So you got to encourage yourself and entice yourself to do this. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. I have a better understanding now of what they mean by plant medicine and things like that. Are they just popping pills? Have you seen the latest research out on psilocybin? As I, one of the, that's the um, active ingredient in magic mushrooms. No. As like, it is the. Um, you're talking to the girl who's never smoked weed. Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> have we had that conversation? That, I, I don't know. I've really? never smoked cigarettes. Like, my body's pure. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't enjoy some cannabis. Just never have. Just saying. Never have. Okay, well, that's another conversation yeah. for another day. But the psilocybin is the active ingredient in the psychedelic mushrooms, but they're using it in microdosing to treat depression, and it's more effective than traditional antidepressant. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I believe mm -hmm. that. So then if you're saying no, that's different, then help me understand what the whole, when people are saying plant medicine, what are they? Plant medicine, let's just say we went out in the forest right now, and we went scavenging. If we were back in the Stone Age where we'd have to do that, we'd be looking at the wild dandelion growing there. And we'd pick up the wild dandelion and we would eat the flower and we would eat the leaf. And they both have different proponents of healing, very detoxing. It actually pulls out contaminants. Let's take cilantro. A cilantro is another one, right? And there's wild cilantro that grows, wild celery that grow. All of these are fantastic for you. So you take a cue from nature. If they're growing in the wild, they're meant to be there. They're meant for us to be eating them. So buy them in the store, buy the cilantro, eat that. It will pull out the metallic in your body. If you have a metallic taste when you eat cilantro, then you need it even more because that means there's mercury and there's other metals inside your body that are being drawn out and and disseminated from the cilantro very good to do these herbs are so healing and that's why they're small you only need them in micro amounts we, we they're not like huge pieces of lettuce where you need a huge piece of it you just need a couple leaves every single day and that heals you can just chomp on the basil you can just chomp on the cilantro you don't even have to swallow it just chomp on it and get the the healing energy out of that that takes through the body and disseminates whatever toxicity is in and eliminates it through our elimination processes, which is sweating, urine, and, you know, bowel movement. Now I want to switch to the having a baby at 50 because I have so many questions on that too, right? Like this fascinates me. So my first question is because you said your second husband, correct? Correct. With my second husband. Okay. I was waiting for a partner. My, my first marriage was with my best friend and I became ill during that time. And just a lot of things transpired. And I just thought I need to actually change my whole life. And he was part of that. I thought I just needed to change down 12, 15 years later, then I'm like, okay, then you know, I'm ready for a relationship basically. Mm -hmm. And I, really wanted to have a child at that point. I, I knew that I wanted to pass on my gifts. I have been blessed with a lot of talents and gifts and information that I want to share. We decided in, it was, I think, October, November. And I woke up one day and I said, you know what? If I'm going to have a child, I need to sell my convertible. I can't have a convertible with a baby. And so I just, it was like an epiphany. And 
I put it up. I sold it within an hour and I found this SUV the next day. So I was like, okay, this is a blessing. And I was pregnant by March. We intentionally prayed. Of course we prayed and prayed and we, you know, made that decision September, October, November, and then December. I actually looked, took a step, which was sell my car. And then after that things flowed. So it's intention and then step. And then you're, you know, review. Yeah, I love it. Like you're such a person of I'm designing the environment. I'm designing my desire and I desire to have a child and to have a family. And so I'm going to design that by taking the actions of setting my life up for that by getting an SUV rather than the convertible or whatever. And so I love that that's part of your process. That's one of the things that I teach to my clients is designing your life in order to make room, in order to call in so that those things that you want fit into that, design that desire into your life. And you're like a walking, talking testament of that. So I love it. Beautiful. I feel like I'm a really great manifester. So I I just have to, I didn't realize that was my process until you just said that. So great. <laughs> That's helpful for me too. For you, do you think the experience of having a child at 50? Like, how do you feel that is different? What are the benefits to you? Oh, it's been an amazing journey of being a mom. And I would have had a whole bunch more because they're just absolutely amazing. And the thing is that I'm really grateful that I had my my daughter at the age I did because I was so self-absorbed in my younger years, I w- it was all about me. What do I want to do? What do- and I think most people are like that until we get older. And then we're like realizing oh, there's a whole world out there that we need to be making an impact for, making a difference for. And how do we do that and get out of ourself? And she's really brought me to learn so much more about myself, even though I'm into personal development. I've been in this field for 20 years. She's helped me grow in the last five years more than I ever did in, you know, 25 years. Were there any fears or concerns that you had going into it or that your husband had? I had no fears whatsoever. A hundred percent. I was validated, but I had, of course, been praying for many years. And if you, uh, you know, are familiar with the Bible at all, Sarah in the Bible, she didn't have her son until she was 80, 80 something. So I was like holding on to that going, what if a woman can have a baby at 80, I can have a baby at 40 something. I didn't realize it was going to be 50 by the time I had her, but you know, I was like, Hey, this happens. This is true. And because I was, let's say obedient, I was praying, I was going over and over it and not just praying and wishing I was praying, knowing mm-hmm. I would have my promise fulfilled mm-hmm. because the promise was made. And I think that's the key. And then my husband, not so much. Okay. He was afraid during the pregnancy because I was going to have her in a, my home in a bath, the tub you buy and all that with a doula and a midwife. And uh, come the last week, I was actually 41 and a half weeks pregnant, had an amazing pregnancy, no complications, nothing. Worked up until the last two weeks. And uh, really the only thing that was limiting was like my my feet were swollen and stuff from the extra weight. And you couldn't even tell I was pregnant from the back. I was all baby. And I, I had my pregnancy pictures done in October and I didn't deliver until January. And they thought I was already like ready to have the baby in October. It was pretty funny. But because she was so, she was a big baby. She was almost 10 pounds. They took a, you know, sonogram of her or ultrasound of her the 
41 and a half weeks. And they're like, oh. and she was like all freaking out. And I'm like, what are you freaking out at? Your baby's head is too big. And I'm like, what do you mean she's head's too big? She looks like she's weighing 15 pounds or something like, and I'm like, what are you crazy? I know there's no 15 pound baby in here. So now my husband is freaking out and, and everybody's in hysterics except for me. Okay. She's in my body. I know what's going on. I'm totally fine. But then they're getting me all hysterical because now they're like, you got to go to the hospital and deliver this baby. And I'm like, I don't want to go to the hospital. Like I hate hospitals. I don't want to be in a hospital poked and put toxins in me. I've, I've done all this, yes, to prepare done all this. Body, <laughs> you know, prepare so I can have a healthy baby. That's not got toxins in her. So Long and short is I had to have a cesarean because nobody would believe that I could have this baby on my own. I was the only one. Even my doula, my midwife was the only person that was with me, but my even my doula was freaking out. So she didn't think I could have this baby because her head didn't drop yet. And after 42 weeks in the state of California, you cannot have a assisted birth. Mm-hmm. You have to be in a hospital. Gotcha. You could have it by yourself. I didn't know what to do. So right. Um, that means I'd have to go to hospital. So I had to go to hospital. Basically, I didn't know what to do uh, mm-hmm. without that. So that she, he was freaking out. And so then it all ended up great, but it wasn't the way I had planned it. And she ended up being nine pounds, 15 ounces, almost 10 pounds, but not some 15 pounds. But right. even still, my body, I knew could handle it. Mm-hmm. My husband and I are watching, we just finished the season on a show on Netflix and it was about a woman who was having a baby later in life and how the criticism and judgment that even from the medical team where they kept saying you're very high risk because of your much. I was considered geriatric maternity. Yes, they use that term geriatric pregnancy. Yes. I'm like, oh, please, we have to come up with something new. So I even created a whole class and course for women over 39. I, I understand the medical profession. They don't really get like healing. They're about sickness, not necessarily about wellness, but the bottom line is that the body is an amazing healing vehicle. And if doctors really just believe that instead of being told what is, which is not fact, it's called practicing medicine for a reason and no disrespect for doctors. But the thing is that it is practicing medicine because we don't know the human body well enough to make assumptions or make declarations. And the brain is Got so much but, more capacity. So I have to, I I disagree, not entirely, but I, I have to, I, I feel like I have to speak up. There is power of taking control and being, and doing the mind, being mindful and intentional and doing those things. But there's also the balance of having knowledge and experience based on treating illnesses, right? Like okay. having an older child, uh, like having a, a ba- an older pregnancy or, or being, it's not ideal uh, for a lot of women. And the U.S. for a lot of reasons has the highest maternal death rate in the, for in, in developed countries. And there's a lot of, a lot of different reasons for that. But one of the, the challenges that the healthcare system has faced is coping with learning, the learning curve with women having babies later and looking at things from a, a more holistic standpoint, right? Like understanding that, yes, home births can happen and yes, VBACs can happen, but erring on the side of being aware and knowledgeable and cautious, like a healthy caution versus a um, prescriptive caution, I think is where we have to find that balance. I don't I agree. Think- I agree. And I'm not saying it was ideal for medical reasons. I'm saying ideal because you're more equipped 
with the resources and the tools as an older parent. And that's what I mean by ideal. I'm not mm. saying ideal medically. And that's why it's called geriatric pre pregnancy in terms of they feel that as the person is older, their capacity to manage and to handle that additional strain and stress in the body is lessened. That's yes. literally, it's an ovulation thing. So that's the geriatric, it's a wholly, like a entirely medical term. We are very careful on this show to not speak in extremes yeah. and to say there has to be a balance. There um, is. And if it's right for you, then you have to look at all of the factors that make it right for you versus versus saying it's, again, a prescriptive, this is the, the best way to be. Right. So, and so she prepped her body in order yeah, for it absolutely. to be ready in yep. order for just like she designed everything. I feel like that's the theme of the show, right? Is she prepped and designed the environment mm -hmm. her body from the autoimmune in order to eradicate that to in order to prep her body for her, um, the goal that she wants of having a baby, things like that. And so those are steps that people yeah. can learn from and choose right. to take of how they design their environment and right. prep their bodies, their brains, their systems yeah. for the goals that they want to achieve. And understanding also that there's not, you can't always prep for everything. So if things happen, like you have to to look at it from the approach of, okay, I'm going to work with. Just like she said, I, right. I wanted an at-home birth and she did everything to prep oh, yeah, and no, it still didn't yeah. go the same way. <laughs> what was I, your birth yeah. plan? I had none. I just wanted to get the thing out of me in right. a healthy way. <laughs> and so it is. <laughs> there was zero birth plan. It's a which creates, like, there's a whole other conversation about birth trauma and things like totally. that when the plan doesn't go according. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And it's, it's, it's rolling with it when it doesn't go you know, the way yeah. you designed it. Because that within and of itself is a grief. Connect with us at girlswhodostuff.com. Subscribe to our email list for fun announcements and leave us a review. It helps other people find our stuff. We would be so grateful to you for taking those actions so we can get this out into the world and change more lives. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And, and you, you do, do you, boo. We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing to this podcast and follow us on social media. 